Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Go with me, amen, to Proverbs 16, amen, verse number one. Praise the Lord. What did I do here? Someplace I got lost in the shuffle. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ah, there we are. Praise the Lord. 16 and 1. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. For everyone that is proud in heart is abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. I don't remember where I said, I think the New King James, maybe after that, is it on there? Okay, I'm going to read this from three different um, versions tonight because I think each one of them kind of clarifies some things. In the New King James Version, let me read it again. The preparations of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. The Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Let me read also from the Amplified Version, which I like very much. Amen. The way it puts it together. The plans of the mind and the orderly thinking belong to a man. But from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weigheth the spirits, the thoughts, the intents of the heart. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so... Shall your plans be established and succeed? Everybody said succeed. How many wants our plans to succeed? Glory. The Lord has made everything to accommodate itself and contribute to its own end and his own purpose. Even the wicked are fitted for their role for the day of calamity and evil. Everyone proud and adorned in heart 
is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Be assured, I pledge it, they will not go unpunished. By mercy and love, truth and fidelity to God and man, not by sacrificial offerings, iniquity is purged out of the heart. And by the reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord, men depart from and avoid evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes him even his enemies to be at peace with him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word. Oh God, we need you, Lord, to sweep through this place tonight and bring the anointing of the minds and our spirits together. For this is your word. It's not mine, God. It's your word. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would overshadow us with understanding and wisdom, God, tonight. Lord, anoint these lips of clay because I stand before you, Lord. I am only dust. I am clay in the potter's hands to be made, God. Lord, that your will could be carried out on this service and people, Lord, will take the word of God and be encouraged and strengthened by the word. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I, I hate it that I kept you standing that long. You know that bishop don't normally do that. It's usually a couple verses and I'll let you sit down. But uh, oh well. I'm not going to apologize for, uh, you know, my old age, y'all. Got to read slow. No, I'm just kidding. Thank the Lord. Tonight, I want to speak on this subject. Preparations are yours, but the outcome is God's. Preparation is yours, but the outcome is God's. Man proposes his wishes and his schemes, but God disposes of them. Or he arranges the outcome of a thing to suit himself. How many believe that? Amen. I endeavored tonight to teach us by the word of God that it is so, but I believe we can dig even deeper tonight in this. Amen. I want to look first at, again, Proverbs 16 and 3, where the Bible speaks and says, commit. Everybody said commit. Commit thy works unto the Lord. And thy thoughts shall be established. So can I say tonight, even by scripture, that works and thoughts go hand in hand. Cannot be separated, are not inseparable because they work together. Our works seem to be real important to the Lord. It sounds like our works have to be right before our thoughts are right. You know, and, and, and we're going to get into some things because it would be real easy for me to take a right or a left here right now and, and go on. But I want to keep in line with what I have put together and not get too far out of line. Amen. Hallelujah. Our works are important to the God. Uh, our works and our thoughts come together and have to be in order and together. They work together. Our works, therefore the works, you do spring forth from the heart. What you do springs forth 
from the heart. Amen. Let me tell you, before you ever do something, it is carried out right here in the thought or in the mind or the heart, can I say. Because heart and mind in the Bible most of the time is interchangeable. Amen. So it comes from the heart. Your works spring from the heart. Amen. So let me tell you that uh, if we're going to do something for God, then our thought process must be the first thing that comes under subjection to his obedience. Because through the thought process, we carry out the works. Amen. And as we carry out our thoughts, prepare what we're going to do. And I think many times, if we're not careful, we have got things prepared and leave God out of it. Our preparation is prepared by our mind, and God has to do some changing and carry it out the way He wants it because we would many times bypass God and carry it out to suit ourselves. Sometimes, and, 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 and boy, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if we're not careful, our mouth gets, a whole, gets ahead of our brain. Man. And, uh, and, and so the heart and the works and, and the thoughts of man all come together and are very much important to God. He, he, he wants our works to be right. And I'm going to tell you, if a man's works are right, his heart's right. Oh, you don't do, I'm going to, I'm going to say this because I feel it. You don't do this, uh, you don't do this just automatically. Come on. Sometimes God has to take hold and makes it turn out like he wants to because our thoughts and preparations don't align with his will. We need to always pray in the will of God. I don't know about you, but I want his will to be done through me. I just don't want to stand up here and preach a word, Brother Terry, but I want it to be his word that he wants to minister through me. Oh, yeah. Hmm, glory. So, therefore, I cannot minister and teach from my frustration. And if we're not careful, and I have done it, and had to ask God to forgive me, and even stood up and asked the church a time or two to forgive me. Come on now. I'm being an open book tonight. But the truth is, if we're not careful, we can minister from our frustrations. And it may not be that the word is not needed, but I shouldn't preach from my frustrations. I need to let my thoughts turn beyond the frustrations of me and say, God, I want to speak to your people. I want to encourage. I want to strengthen them. Oh, glory. I want them to, to get some excitement in them that makes them want to do better. Come on. Hallelujah. Not go down the same old path. Amen. But to take a different path. In Psalms 19 and verse number 14. says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So he said, 
I want the words of your mouth and your heart to line up. Oh, glory. I'm going to tell you, church, if we could fix this in our mind, get this thing fixed in our heart and get our tongue under control, I'm going to tell you we would be a perfect church because the Bible said the tongue is set on fire of hell. Come on. Out of the same mouth come forth blessing and cursing. And, and I know many times we say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't matter. There's evil things come out of our mouth sometimes. And it was like, whoops, shouldn't have said that. You ever felt that little check, you know, that said, hmm, I wish I'd have never opened my mouth that time. And it wasn't on purpose. It didn't come out like that. But it was the mouth got a hold before the mind did. Oh, glory. Come on now. But these preparations are ours, but the outcome of what's in our heart is God's. I'm so glad. Sometimes he keeps us. Come on. He keeps us from doing things that we should not have done. And he makes them turn out a different way. He makes them turn out all right, even in our, can I say, stupidness. Our foolishness. Our stupidity. Yes, sir. Oh, glory. But the meditation of the heart, the Lord said, I want it to be acceptable in my sight. Oh, glory. I want it to be acceptable. Well, I want it to be acceptable too. Amen. Matthew 12, 34 and 35. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you can't be good and speak evil things. Let me say that again. I said, so you can't be good and speak evil things. I don't know about you, but that works on me. I got to watch the door of my mouth because it sometimes does things that it should not do. Come on. Oh, glory. Works there is the evidence of our faith in Christ. Come on. What? You hear me? I said works is the evidence of our faith in Christ. It tells how much we love him, really. It tells how much we care about him. What we speak has everything to do with what we think. Because it starts here. Amen. Man, the enemy always deals with your mind first. He's always, he's always speaking to your mind first before you ever say anything. You don't just backslide. It's already a thought process a long time before, and you began to see all these little things start to... People still come to church. Come on. They still pay their tithes. They're still involved. But little by little, you see interest start to wane. Come on. Worship starts to wane. And the next thing you know, it's sporadic missing church. Come on. You see that, the, 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 you know, that the people that used to come to the front, that maybe they were one of them that come to the front. You see that wane. I'm, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm getting down here, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm a little bit worried sometimes when I don't see people come to the front like 
Brother Mason, this was all started by the youth. They were the leaders in that, and everybody else in the church liked it so well that people started coming forward. But I have noticed a waning of that, and it bothers me, church. I wonder what's going on in the mind. What are we thinking about? Are we really thinking about God when we come into his house? It's worship on our mind. All right, I'm going to deal with it a little bit. I, I worry, Brother Mason, when I look at the back on Sunday night, Brother Freddie, and I don't see all the men there. I'm sorry, but I, and, and it's not in how long you pray. But it would be a great thing if all of us could get here at quarter after five and we could at least get a little time together to pray. Brother Freddie, I began to think and the Lord began to deal with me and I thought, you know, if we as men are the leaders of the house, and we should be, we are the spiritual leaders according to the word of God of the house. And if we do not pray, then how can we expect our children and our grandchildren, come on, and our wife to come under subjection to somebody that don't pray? Oh my, I'm about to feel the Holy Ghost. I'm feeling chills now. Come on. Somehow. You and I, men, need to get a hold of the horns of the altar and we need to stay there until the answer comes for our families. I've got two daughters that I'm worried about. I've got grandchildren that I'm worried about. I've got a brother that I'm worried about. Come on, church. These answers is not going to come to our children by putting this off on somebody else to pray about. Not saying we all shouldn't pray because we should. We are a family of God, and if we are family, then we need to pray for our family. The church family, no matter who it is, is part of my family. Oh God. Hallelujah. And prayer is something that we got to do as men. Amen. To lead our family. You cannot lead your family without prayer. You cannot lead your family without a word of God. Okay, I don't. I now before I say this, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something because some of you might take it wrong, and I don't want you to do that. I want you to take it the way I'm saying it. But I'm gonna tell you, the word of God is so important. And if if you read it through the day, thank God. But would you allow me to quicken you that the best time to read it, even if you just read a few verses, I don't care if you get a few in, the best time to read it is you need to read it of the morning, at least some. I'm not saying you got to sit there and, and read 20 minutes of Bible, you know, when the first thing you get up, but I'm saying the first thing of the morning, you ought to read the Word of God. You know why? Because your mind is sharper of the morning to understand. But not only that, for foremost from that, we need to read it of the morning because I don't know about you, but I need direction through the day. And the Word of God gives you direction. 
It points to things in your life that you ought to do that day. Sometimes through that word, God quickens your mind and said, hey, you're going to come in contact with this today. There's something that quickens in your spirit and you know that you're going to face it today because God has already revealed it to you through his word. You know, it's a verse. You ever had a verse that somehow it just tingled you a little bit in the morning so you read it over and it done the same thing again? You better watch out because you're going to deal with it before the day's over. God's got a way of telling you. So I don't know about you, but, you know, if I'm going to go someplace, Brother Mason and I had a minister's meeting the other day and I wasn't paying any attention. He's driving, so I just I wasn't paying no attention. I had it written down my little book, you know, huh? You know, and he had it written down his mind, too. But we were talking and jabbering and we took a turn, and he said, man, this don't look right. And I said, it isn't right. So I'm pretty sure it's that next exit. So guess what? He gets his little phone out and punches in. And he said, we'll just follow this. So we got back on track and found it. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it do good. You know, if, if you're going to really go someplace and you want to get there, it's good to get the road map out. Come on. I don't know about you, but Brother Terry, if I'm going to go to heaven, I want to make it there. So it's time for me to get my road map out and let God speak to me in the morning and say, you need to take this route. You need to go this way. You need to go that way. time we'd come to the street it'd say you know like a quarter of a mile or one block you need to turn this way you need to turn that way giving us direction I'm going to tell you that's what our roadmap does it gives us direction not just for tomorrow but the next day every day God's got a way that he wants you to go and the only way we can prepare our hearts right and our thoughts to be right Prepare them to suit him is to seek after his will, and his will is the word. Glory. Well, let me go ahead and read verse number 35 of Matthew 12. A good man. Everybody said a good man. Out of the good treasure. Oh, Lord. Of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of evil treasures bringeth forth evil things so it is impossible for the evil to bring out anything good people have come to me with with aunt, with questions over the last 20 plus years of pastoring and and they had come to me and, and say, you know, well, you know, I felt kind of bad tonight because I, I felt like maybe I missed the Lord, but I wasn't sure. And, and, uh, and I, 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 what I usually do is say, well, you tell me, was it good? I said, well, yeah, well, then you should have done it because the devil won't ask you to do nothing good. Come on. We need to recognize his devices, that he is not going to ask you to do something good. And if it's good, honey, you better carry it through. Even if it was a mistake, it's all right. Come on. Because God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for you to do something. He will not cut down the person that tries. 
but he may cut down the person that don't care and never tries. The Bible said to seek after the Lord if happily I might find him. In other words, there is always a seeking going on in our hearts to seek after the right way. And if you miss, God's not going to kill you for he forgives and we go on. But the devil is not going to ask you to do something good. Hallelujah. We need to prepare our hearts by filling it with God's word. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Man. So we need to prepare our hearts. I, I, really, like, I really like the New King James Version in, in verse uh, 1 of chapter 16. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I like that because that is so true. So true. It gets right down to business. Hallelujah. But we need to prepare our hearts by filling it with God's word and asking him to put a monitor on our tongues. Come on. In other words, what I'm saying, we need to hear from him before we say anything. Oh, God, that's hard to... You know. It's good that God checks our spirits once in a while. But we need an answer. Come on. We need an answer to the heart before the tongue ever gets engaged. Glory. Hallelujah. So everything that proceeds from our lips is loving, truthful, kind, comforting, edifying. Everybody said edifying. Wise. Encouraging. Everybody said encouraging. And God glorifying. And he will do that if we will ask him. He will do that if we'll ask him. Hallelujah. If I can say it, we need to keep a restraint on our mouth by asking ourselves two questions. And I want this to sink in because we need to use this very much. First, is this going to glorify God? Second, is this going to edify the person we are telling it to? Is it going to do him any good or her any good at all? Is it going to benefit them? And, and if the answer, amen, is no in either one of them, if it is not going to edify the person we are telling, and if it isn't going to Glorify God in any way. We need to keep it to ourselves and go on praying. Because I don't need to tear somebody down. I need to build them up. You know, I, I, I talked, I, I believe it was Sunday, I talked about how we get down sometime, we get down on ourselves, and, and we can't seem to get ourselves out of the gutter. And, 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 you know, and when we get in that position, we're not always easy to deal with. When somebody comes to you, Brother Mason, and tells you where you're at and what you need to do, you just want to... 
Our nature says, I wish I'd just shut up. What that person is looking for, Sister Rhonda, is somebody to get down where they're at. Come on. Get down there in the gutter. Get in their place. Put yourself in their spot. Job's friends came to me, came to him, and they could see afar off that Job was not himself. They didn't even recognize him. And what they done for seven days, they got in Job's position. Before anybody said anything, they just got down and they mourned with Job. We would have a lot better luck of helping somebody out of the quicksand if we'd get down there with them in their position for a while and realize where they're at. Come on. If we could realize where our, our brother and our sister is, maybe we could help them out of that position instead of open the mouth without thinking. We, God, give us some, give us some uh, maybe seven days to think about it, you know. A wise pastor told me when I began to pastor wise pastor told me said if anything a problem comes up in the church before you go and take care of that if before you go and talk to individual he said you give it three days and pray and he said I'll guarantee you that 98% of the time it'll be taken care of before that time if we could only learn that aspect that God works things upstream before we ever get there. Oh, that he knows what's going on so much better than we know. That nothing is hidden from him at all. If we could just grab a hold of that. Oh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say it this way. I, I want to say it this way. The answer of the praying tongue, the answer of the praying tongue is from the Lord. The answer of the praying tongue. I don't mean just a one-time prayer. I said praying. That means more than once. Glory. James 2.26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Glory. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.8, let me throw that in there with it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. So our faith is no good without our works. We're living in a world today that they, they want to, well, grace saved us. It don't have nothing to do with your works. Hold on now, the Bible does not say that. It's not by grace alone. It's grace through faith. Faith is an action word. It, 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 when you speak of faith, faith asks you to do something. I'm sorry. It may be not just speak out for you to do something, but faith is an action word that you shall do something. If I believe that Jesus is Christ, then I'm going to do something about it. Come on. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to turn my life around. And then I'm going to do exactly what he said. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, for the remission of my sins. And then I shall receive the Holy Ghost. Come on. 
First of all, I've got to carry out works before I can receive it. Oh, yeah. So faith without works is dead. So our faith is no good without our works. Because faith puts works in the proper place, and you've got to do something about it. Amen. Let me remind you right now. To the outward world, to the outward world, what we do, what we say, where we go, how we act, is always the representative of the inner man. I'm going to say it again because I want you to understand what I'm saying. Let me remind you, to the outward world, to the ones on the outside, what we do, what we say, Brother Terry, where we go, how we act is always the representative of the inner man. Come on. If we do not act right when visitors come through these doors, it is up to us whether they come back or not. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to run people off. I'm trying to bring them in. Now, I understand. Let me, let me, let me stop here a minute. Let me, you understand that some people are going to leave. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to keep 100%. It'd be great if we could. But we're not going to be able to keep 100%. I don't care what you do, you're not going to keep 100%. But I do not want to be the cause of them coming one time in our doorways and never darkening it again. Come on. So I must get my thoughts in order of what I'm going to say. I want to say something that's going to want them to come back, and I want to act in a way that makes them want to come back. I want to be friend. The Bible said if you want, to, uh, if you want friends to shoo yourself friendly. I, I'm sorry, but that don't mean you sit down in your stinking seat and you sit there as people come through the doors, and you go, I'm glad you're here, whoever you are. Come on. I got to shoo myself friendly. That means that it's my place to go to them and shake their hand and tell them how glad we are that they are here. Come on. I'm sorry, but David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on. I didn't come in here with a frown on my face. I come in here because I couldn't wait till church started. Come on. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. I get here an hour early. I'm excited. Come on. Oh, I want to pray a little bit because I'm figuring on receiving something. Even when I'm preaching, I'm going to receive something tonight. God didn't give this message just for you, but he gave it to me. So me in the back of the microphone is still going to receive. I don't know about you, but I want to be on the receiving end of God when it's good things. Catch that, did you? I said, I want to be on the receiving end of God when it's a good thing. Any of you have been had God give you a whipping? It's not fun. You ever disobeyed and went home? No. <laughs> Feel like dirt? Uh huh. Yes, sir. The preparations may be yours, but the outcome's God's. I want to keep that in your heart. I said the preparations may be yours, 
but the disposal of what you've put up here is God's. He can turn around what you think you're going to say. Oh, glory. Well, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Timothy, chapter number 1, verse 12, 13. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Oh, there's faith. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have, everybody said, committed. Oh, I wish you'd underline that word. God, I want everything to turn out right. Well, then commit it to him. You know what we do? We put it in God's hands and then pull on it. Come on. How many times have you come to the altar and I've heard people say, I'm laying it on the altar tonight. Take your burden to the Lord and leave them there. Oh, leave them there. Leave them there. don't even know the meaning of the word commit I believe that naturally because we're living in a world today where commitment in marriage is a past tense thing and I'm sorry to say but it's even happened in the apostolic church I heard your while back of a man that had been married 40 years come home one night Picked up his clothes and out the door he went. Right here in town. Sister McGee would be a sad thing after us being together almost 48 years to split now. Hey, we've done weathered the road. Come on, I'm going to tell you the first two years is your worst time. If you can make it through that, honey, you can make it. You know, some of them, it may take 10, I mean, 8 years or 10 years. But but thank God for them that are still together, still battling. Come on. Glory. Maybe because the man didn't take his rightful place. Could be. Very easy to do, you know. Hallelujah. Oh. Hold fast, verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words. You tell me words don't mean something? Hold fast the form of sound words. Biblical words. Come on. Good words. I wish some people let some of the other words that aren't so good go. Some of those words that shouldn't be used by Christians, we need to let go. Come on, hold fast the good words. 
Okay? Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me. You know what? If you haven't heard Bishop say them, I'm not perfect, so you better not say them. Oh, come on now. Come on. I said, if you haven't heard Bishop say them, and I'm not perfect. I don't even claim to be. I'm still striving just like you all are. Then you don't need to say them. Boy, it got quiet like a pin drop right now. Mmm, Jesus. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith, in faith, and love which is in Christ Jesus because when I speak to you about these things, I'm speaking in love because I don't want any of you to go to hell. I don't want you to even feel the heat or to see the flame. Come on. I don't want to have to pluck you out of the fire. I don't want you to see it or smell it. Oh, Jesus. Well, praise God. I still got some minutes here. The concerns of the heart must be committed to the Spirit of God. Everybody said the Holy Ghost. If it is our teacher, and it is, John 14, 26, it isn't up there, just a reference. With a dependence upon submission to the conduct of that spirit. We need to commit ourselves to the Holy Ghost. Because it is indeed the spirit of God. It's God's spirit dwelling in us. Working in us. If it isn't working in you, then you probably don't have it. I'm going to change that. If it isn't working in you, you don't have it. Because it will work. It will work. Everybody said it will work. Yes, it will. Hallelujah. All of our outward concerns. Everybody hear this. All of our outward concerns must be committed to the providence of God. Oh, yeah. Our finances. Don't expect a lot of blessings if you haven't committed it to God. The blessings come from committing it. Guess what? If you'll commit it to Him, I'm going to tell you something. I've committed it a long time ago. And when you start committing it to God, you start seeing more in there all the time. But if you don't commit it unto God, you'll find it empty. It works. Sister McGee and I know that, raising five children. So much that when I was laid off for three months, in the worst time of the year, being a mechanic at that time, between October and March, in the mechanical aspect, that's the worst time of the year because everybody's waiting to see if the farmers get in the field and how the taxes come out before they start spending money. So if you're going to have any slow time, that's when you had it. Amen? And God made a way for our family. 
and it was around Christmas time, and I was not pastoring. We were still raising our children. I was at home church, and Sister McGee and I was involved in the Christmas program. I was running the sound system, so therefore we had to have extra nights of church, and we didn't just jump in the car and drive across town. We drove 17 miles one way to church, and we was there every time the doors was open, and we was usually there ahead of everybody else. That's just been my way. I'd a lot rather be way early and way late, or a little bit late. But guess what? In those three months, I drawed one unemployment check. After I drew that one, and I wanted to keep signed up, every week I would go sign up. And the boss that I had worked for lied on me. He went and told a garage that I turned down a job. I went, and I went up there, and I tried. Yeah, they did not offer me a job. Guess what? The Lord made a way for Sister McGee and I because a friend donated her garage to us. And the customers that I had had for 17 years from the last job, which this man, that's what he wanted was our customers, and he was going to get rid of me, and then it's all over. But what he didn't know, that I'd been working on their cars and vehicles for 17 years, and he might as well shut up trying to tell how bad of a mechanic I was. So they started calling me. Sister McGee, we never went without money in the pocket. My pastor, Brother Sizemore, Jr. I'd walk in the church door, and he'd say, Brother McGee, is everything all right? I said, yes, sir, brother. Everything is fine. I got money in my pocket. Just now, Brother McGee, are you telling me the truth? I said, yes, sir, my brother. Everything is fine. God made a way. And after this guy lied to, on me, and I went up to the, I went up, and, and I'd take my book every week, and I would count every dime I made. I had it all down on paper. Everything that I made, I brought up there, and I didn't receive a check. He just, I just kept signed up. So I went up there, and he looked at me, and he said, uh, somebody called and said, you turned down a job. I said, do what? He looked at me, and he kind of grinned. He said, don't worry about it. I'm not. Come on. God will even bring your enemies tonight. He did. It wasn't long after he had laid me off till Sister McGee and I saw him in a place of business. This and it wasn't long till he was dead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something. Don't touch God's anointed. Do this prophet no harm. That's come on, come on. Anybody that has got the Holy Ghost, don't don't touch the the. Come on, don't touch God's people, anointed people, Holy Ghost filled. Because you won't have to, I didn't try to get revenge. I did nothing to get revenge. In fact, I even took some people up there and said, hey, uh, yeah, go get your car lined up there. I blessed him the day I left when I loaded my toolbox. God bless you. I'd go up and have a Coke with him every now and then when I had time. I was busy working in the night even. 
And when a guy comes to me, I'd put an application in. He said, as soon as this breaks loose and people start spending money, I'll be to get you. Guess what? I had to call off two weeks' worth of work and send them out to where I started to work. Because God had me covered up. Come on, church. I'm talking about our thoughts. Come on. To be carried out God's will by the mouth. I could have told him what I thought. And it wouldn't have done a dime's worth of good. All it would have done was looked bad on me. Oh, Jesus. But I thought about it and I prayed about it. And I sought God about it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, glory. I got to get going. I've got a few minutes here. Hallelujah. All your outward concerns must be committed to the providence of God. Psalms 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord. You know, that word cast there really means roll. It's too heavy to cast. You got to roll it. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer. He shall never. Everybody said never. Never suffer the righteous to be moved. Come on. Burden there is what is given by the providence or the lot of God. It's what God gives you. That's the burden. Yeah, I know. That's taking a while to sink in. I said it's the burden God gives you. It's what he gives you by providence or lot. God gives you a burden or you wouldn't grow spiritually at all. Certain things you've got to do. You've got to take up your cross, your own cross, and follow Jesus. It is through the Holy Ghost that is in you that God works out his plan in your life. Come on. Philippians 2.13 For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He carries out his will through you. Whether it be good or bad, he uses even the sinner to carry out his will. Deuteronomy 23, verse 4 through 6. Very familiar story. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt, because they hard against thee Balaam, the son of Beor, and of Pethar of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. Thou shalt not seek their peace nor their prosperity all the days forever. He said, they're cursed. I'm going to take care of my people. Balak, hard Balaam, to curse Israel. He went and got him and said, come on, I want you to go with me. And Balak, at the start, says, Balaam says, I'm not going to go. The Lord will not allow me to go. And so they, they go home, but they come back, and they say, you, mother, you know, Master said you got to come and go with us. I want to tell you, when God tells you no once, he means no. So, so Balaam says, okay, stay tonight, and I'll see what more God has to say. When he says no, it means no. 
And it might just be if you keep bothering God, He'll give you your way. And you'll be sorry. So the Lord says, okay, just go ahead and go with them. You know the story. He gets on the donkey, starts that way, and all at once the donkey shirks, you know, and, you know, and about mashes his foot, and he's beating on the poor old donkey, and the Lord opens the donkey's mouth, and he begins to speak. He said, haven't I been your servant, and haven't I carried you all these places? Have I ever done anything bad? He says, no, I don't know, but that scared me to death. The donkey started calling and said, oh, Lord, where are you at? And the Lord had to open Balaam's eyes that he seen the angel in the way with the sword drawn. And you know what? When I look at that, Brother Mason, I think, why did, this, why did this prophet go after seeing that? But you know what? He crawled on the donkey and away he goes. God said, no, he's put an angel in the way and he still goes. Hallelujah. Not supposed to go in the first place, but he goes. Hallelujah. Balaam prepares a curse. He's hard. He goes to and he prepares a curse. The Bible even teaches it. Check it out. But what God speaks through him is a blessing. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying you may prepare things in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit, but God's got the last word. Yes, sir. He's got the last word. He can speak through you. He can change things all around that you were aiming to see. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that there is times when you've been speaking to somebody, you've been witnessing to somebody, and, and all at once, you know, and they asked you a question, and you thought, oh, boy, like words in your, your mouth spoke, you thought, where did that come from? I'll tell you what it was. It was God. He took over your thoughts. Come on. You may not have been prepared up here, but God took over your tongue and he spoke through you. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. What God speaks is a blessing. I'm about to close. Citrum Gee's laughing. My son and I are related. The preparations are yours. But the outcome is God's. I'm praying tonight that if nothing else, we'll start seeking after God's will in our life and mind. I'm praying that we'll seek God of the morning before we ever walk out the door so we've got an idea of what we're going to face through the day I don't know about you but I hate to go unprepared come on I'm not a last minute type of guy I like to have things in order come on I like to have a lesson together don't always happen that way but I'm going to tell you in those times when I've sought God in the mind when it come to the pulpit and I wasn't sure what was going to happen God put things in the mind and he brought it out the way he wanted it I wonder how many times we've missed God 
when what we said wasn't what he said wasn't his will wasn't his thoughts that's why we got to pray that prayer let the mind that was in you Lord be also in me I need that I need that I need I need I don't know about you but I need I need to think as he thinks I need to act like he acts I need to speak like he would speak. You know, the old, the old, what would Jesus do? If you've never read that book, you need to read it. It starts changing the lives of so many people, even the bosses. Begin to change when you start asking your question, uh, question before you do something, what would Jesus do? That's a serious question. I'm praying that God would move on us and, and would move through our mind and our mouth. Because the mouth is the problem we, most of us have because it's an unruly member. It's full of deadly poison. It, it can speak a blessing or it can speak a curse. And it can do it before we even think. Brother Mason, you can come. Hallelujah. Open this altar. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.